song speaks volumes to me because you know we have all been through stuff right everybody in here you know some worse than others but you know through it all we need to praise him have to praise him through he is faithful hallelujah jesus let your spirit of god speak hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
say thank you today for all that you've done God everything that you've done that we can't see that we do see that you're about to do that you've done in the past Lord we recognize your greatness today we say praises to your name Jesus we honor you we say thank you how many are grateful for what God's done in your life when you think about your life how many are grateful for all that he's done all the yeah you can give him a hand you can give him a hand amen And with that same gratefulness, let's take a few minutes and greet each other today. God bless you. Well, good morning, Praise Assembly. It is so good, as always, to see you. You look dapper today. You look fallish. And we're great, great to, grateful to have each one of you here. Uh, if you, this is your first time here, if you're a guest here today, we have these Connect cards in front of you. If you could complete one. And at the conclusion of our worship service, bring it out to the lobby and give it to the person that is manning or womaning the guest services desk, and they have a gift for you. That would be wonderful. Complete this. That would be a tremendous help, and we appreciate you being here today. Ushers, if you can come, we're going to prepare for our morning tithe and offering. Uh, how many here enjoyed the summer? Anybody here had a good time? Anybody enjoy some water in the summer? Like you did some water things, pools, ocean, lazy river. So most of you did. Um, how, many, how many have ever had to hold your breath for a long time underwater? Maybe for lifeguard training or just for fun, you know? How, how long can I keep myself submerged before I die? Kind of a fun game. It's a fun game. It's what we do. 
Um, and I, I remember uh, learning this trick years ago that, uh, you know, you, you take a bunch of deep breaths, let it out, really deep, let it out, do that a few times, then one deep breath, and then you can go underwater. But here's another secret, just in case you don't know it, that when you're under there, when you start feeling, you know, that tension of, I really want to take another breath, if you let out air just a touch, just a little bit, uh, if, you, if you let go of that thing that's so precious, that air that's in your life, you just let go of a little bit, and actually your diaphragm relaxes, and you can actually hold your breath even longer. And you actually do it a few times while you're under, and you can really extend the amount of time of your underwater. You know, giving is like that. Giving doesn't really make sense. You would take what's precious and give it away. And somehow it, it transforms, it changes you, it does something. But giving, that's what it does. That's why we, one of the reasons we practice giving, it's faith, it's trust. That Lord, I'm letting go of something that's important in this life, knowing that you're going to do things that I can't do. Just like underwater, you let go of that precious air to know that it's going to extend your ability to stay under the water. So as we give today, we give by faith and in worship. Lord, thank you that we get to worship you today in this way. What an honor, what a privilege. And we say that just receive it from hearts that are grateful in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
sir? My son would like to ask you a question. Are you a hero too? That man said you were. I just served as best I could. Can we take a picture? Sure. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your support. Can I get you a refill? to ask if you're here today and you served in our armed forces in some uh, uh, at some time uh, point in time could you stand just for a brief moment just for a brief moment if you would I appreciate that hey, let's give them a hand today we appreciate you guys men and women thank you so much a lot to be thankful for uh, hey, we have uh, we have actually a couple. We have uh, several announcements. The first one I want to make, if I can have that picture up there, we have added once again. We add to our congregation in numerous ways. People coming to Christ, people being born, and uh, we want you to welcome John David Plummer. And uh, this is Jake and Carrie's son here. He was born on Thursday the 9th. And he was 19 and a quarter inches, seven pounds on the nose. So they're not here today, of course, but uh, we just congratulate John and the Walters on, on adding another grandson. And uh, we just celebrate with them. It's super, super exciting times. Also, Women of Purpose, you, you came back from a, a conference this past week, and I heard it was fantastic, and uh, we're just we're excited about uh, all the ladies that we were able to send up there and that went, and for Sherry for leading that team, uh, or, or for leading that group up there, great job, and we just, we're just excited what God's doing in your life. Uh, hey, we have, uh, I've been carrying this around all morning, and people are like, what is going on? And you just never know when you need some starch, you know, some quick energy, and so there it is. No, but we have Spud the Light Sunday, which is next Sunday. And these are the potatoes. I don't, I don't have the biggest hands, but I don't have small hands. And, I mean, this is a big potato. This is, probably isn't even the biggest we got out there in that bag. But they're good-sized potatoes, and what we're doing is this. We're asking you, would you buy a potato? We're going to give it to you. And then you can put on your toppings. If you want buffalo chicken on there, if you want cheesesteak topping, if you want shredded cheese or sour cream or whatever, you can eat it in the cafe after service next Sunday. You can take it with you. It's either way will be fine. They'll be cooked to perfection, ready to go. $10 per potato for the potato, the toppings, the container, and a drink. So the, you, you, can't, you cannot beat that. The sign-up sheet for that's in the lobby if you would see that on your way out. Or if you want to uh, email uh, praiseyouthde at gmail.com. If you send your order, I want one potato. You just have your name there. Uh, my name is so-and-so. I want one potato, three potatoes, five potatoes. Just let us know so that we can be ready. And again, that's next Sunday. Also next Sunday is uh, our One Day to Feed the World offering. We always do, annually we do that offering before the week before Thanksgiving. And so that'll be the challenge to give one day of your uh, earnings to, the, uh, to, to help, help not only alleviate hunger, but put the tool of food in the hands of churches around the world to bring the gospel to people. And that's the one day to feed the world offering. In a moment, we'll show that video before pastor comes. Uh, one, one other thing we have this coming Saturday. This weekend's actually a busy weekend. But this coming Saturday on the 18th, Saturday the 18th at 8 a.m., we have our men's breakfast. 
Men, do not miss that. That'll be a great day to come on out. And uh, we will love to see you there. Enjoy that great breakfast together. And then on the 26th, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the 26th, will be our young adults' Friendsgiving potluck. And that'll be happening over in the cafe on the 26th. So, again, this coming Sunday, a week from today, is Spud the Light Sunday. The weekend after in the cafe is young adults, Friendsgiving. Uh, a lot of great things happening here today. And this is what I'd like to do in, in preparing for the uh, offering, the One Day to Feed the World offering on the 19th. Uh, before Pastor comes, let's, let's watch that video together. We are standing in the beautiful country of Guatemala, but in this country, nearly half of the kids under the age of five have stunting. It stunts their growth because they are chronically malnourished. But a farmer in America understood that even a small gift from him could have a big difference. You get eight, eight meals out of a pound probably, or eight servings. A thousand pounds is 8,000 meals, basically. For Joe Warner, generosity is a way of life. I guess we've been given so much that it shouldn't be hard to give some away, you know. Passed down from his parents, Joe's heartbeat is now passing on to his kids and grandkids. It's probably easier to write a check, you know, at the, when, you, when you hear the need, but uh, being able to track it and know where it goes has been uh, pretty amazing and really interesting, you know. Tracking pinto beans for miles and across cultures and countries, perhaps growing to give is the ticket out of world hunger. Warner's last batch of pinto beans went from South Dakota, USA, all the way to Guatemala in a season for Central America that was anything but fruitful. Our main food is uh, beans and corn. We made tortillas out of corn and then beans. That's what our normal family eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we have several children's feeding centers and we were lacking that people were asking for more beans and we didn't have more to give. So we received an email saying that you had more beans and if the country will received the beans, so we said, praise the Lord, this is what you need. They've been to Guatemala and uh, Africa and all over Mexico. Convoy have sent them to Haiti before. When your life and livelihood depends on seeds sown and crops reaped, there is great motivation, no matter your part of the world. But a little help from a one-horse town in South Dakota arrived in hand at just the right time. We live by faith, and in Guatemala, we are experiencing the Lord's blessing because when we pray and we ask him to do something, he will bring the blessing. So for a lot of these kids, it's a miracle to receive one plate of food. Farmer Joe and his abundance provided much more than that. Farmers becoming part of the solution. Been blessed with so many things and, and so much. Uh, we need to give some back. Food shipped straight from his farm with ease to the least of these. I guess the solution is getting the word out to people that can be done and not that, not complicated. They'll be here with the truck and load them and it's done. So that, that has been real easy. One teeny portion of beans can make a change for the life of one single person. To learn more about this opportunity and how your donation can make a big difference, email Ashley Jonas. That's A-J-O-N-A-S at convoyofhope.org. It has a lot of different ways that they minister around the world. And today, hopefully, <clears throat> you received a handout um, that gives you uh, six different ways that they are ministering around the world. One is children's feeding. You saw a little bit of that there. Uh, agriculture, not just getting food to different nations, but training them how to do agriculture efficiently. Uh, in fact, they have a full-time staffer. They, they call him Dr. Dirt. Um, his name is J actually Dr. Jason Strobel, but they call him Dr. Dirt, who's been to Haiti and all over different parts of the world training farmers 
how to really produce a good crop of, of fruit, a good harvest. Rural initiatives, they've got community events that many of you know about, disaster services, women's empowerment in different countries of the world, not just here in the U.S., but they have done so much. And Convoy next year, 2024, turns 30 years old. So next Sunday, some of you, most of you know, but we have some newer folks that may not be familiar. Next Sunday, we're receiving an offering, a very special offering, One Day to Feed the World, where you can bring one day's salary, one day of your salary to make someone else's entire year so much better and so much different. And the beauty about Convoy, too, it's not just about feeding people or training people. It's about getting people ready for heaven. So it's not just social gospel, it is the gospel, but caring about people right where they are. So um, again, most of you are already familiar with this, but really looking forward to that. Um, prepare your offering. You can give online. We have a, a button there that says One Day to Feed the World. You can give this week if you want, if you don't want to wait till next Sunday. But thank you in advance for what you'll do. Um, one other thing I feel like I need to let you know, up here, this doesn't look like much, um, but this is almost a one-pound potato. Okay, just so if you are going to get a potato, you probably won't be able to finish it. We'll box it up and you can take it home. The other thing, if you're thinking about, you know, what about your kids? What about your family, young ones? I would suggest one for every two children. These things are huge. And then you add the toppings. Okay, so just a little prep. Okay, you can probably feed. I think, yeah, I think two of these you can feed a family of four without a problem. So, thank God there's no potato famine here in the U.S. Hey, Pastor Hans, you ready? Oh, well, okay, that's his potato. That's a bruised potato now. So, I didn't really lie. I tried to make him reach for it, you know, just hit, and then go right over the goal line. Wouldn't that have been, that would have been beautiful. Hey, anyways, today we're uh, talking again. We're, we're still in the series through the end of November, a couple more weeks. We are in this series that we started back in the summer months called Jesus Said. And uh, I got to be honest with you, we could continue this series. In fact, someone did ask me a couple weeks ago. They said, uh, how long are we going to be doing this series, Jesus Said? And it's like, it's inexhaustible. If we just, if all we did was look at the things, study the things that Jesus said, it would be months, if not years. So we're going to cut it off at the end of November. Um, and when I first started this series, I told you that there are three main topics that Jesus spoke about most often. The first being the kingdom of God. He spoke about that most often. Second was salvation and faith. And then thirdly, he talked about hell. And what I've realized over these months of just looking over the things that Jesus said is that he very often spoke about the Holy Spirit. And thankfully, past, both Pastor Hans and Pastor Brandon have shared messages um, concerning what Jesus had said about the Holy Spirit. And so I thought I want to take my turn at sharing with you this morning something that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at the 14th chapter of John's gospel, and we'll begin reading in verse 15. This is John 14, verse 15. It should be up there. Um, if you love me, Jesus said, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And now we're going to skip down to verse 25. Jesus says, all this I've spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Father God, we thank you for this portion of your word. And Lord, I pray God that we would glean all that we can out of this, that we would see how wonderful your Holy Spirit is. Lord, how much we need your Holy Spirit in our lives <clears throat> and that you've given us this wonderful promise of your own spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, the first thing I want to mention to you is that the Holy Spirit has a number of names. 
Um, just as Jesus has a number of names. Um, you remember Jesus is referred to in Scripture as being the Lamb of God. He's called the Messiah, Wonderful Counselor, Emmanuel. He is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He's the Prince of Peace and so many others. He's referred to as so many different names. And the same is true of the Holy Spirit. And we see him referred to here in this passage with a couple of different monikers. Um, one of the first ones we see was in verse 17, where he is called the Spirit of Truth. And he's described in that one, in that one name, the Spirit of Truth. He's also the Spirit of Christ in other places in Scripture. But there's one name that Jesus uses here in this chapter that is truly incredibly descriptive. I mean, it's just all-encompassing. It's the very first title that Jesus gives us concerning who the Holy Spirit is. Now, and the passage that we read a few moments ago is from the New International Version of the Bible. That's the, the, the version I use. That's what you see on the screen if you're reading along with us. And it specifically labeled the Holy Spirit as an advocate. Now, other translations use other translations. Um, the English Standard Version of the Bible calls him the helper instead of the advocate. The King James Bible says that he is the comforter. The Holman Christian Standard Bible calls him the counselor. And the Amplified Bible, how many of you have ever read the Amplified Bible? Have you ever read a passage in there? It's very wordy, right? Because it's amplified. It takes that one word and well, listen what it does to this. The Amplified Bible calls him the, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, and standby. So he's got a bunch of names in the Amplified. But the truth is that one of the hardest things to do is to label or to describe God. Because very simply, he is so huge. In fact, one of the first things I learned when I was studying systematic theology in college is that theologians do not attempt to describe or define who God is or what he can do. They really don't. If you have a systematic theology book, there, there isn't much said about who he is or what he can do. Instead, what they do, they, they, they spend more time discussing who God is not and what he cannot do because it's a much shorter list. There's very little that God cannot do. In fact, I'll just, I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I've said this before. You've heard it before. That there's probably only two things he cannot do. One, he cannot sin. Number two, he cannot die. He can do everything else. Isn't that fantastic? So that's what systematic theology tries to do. So here's what I want you to notice. In John 14, 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And what I want you to know is that the English word advocate here is the New Testament Greek word parakletos. Parakletos. In English, we would say paraclete. And it's an incredible title because it does, not, it does mean all the different variations, all the different translations that I previously mentioned to you. It does mean advocate. It means helper. It means counselor. It means comforter. It means strengthener. The Holy Spirit really is all these things. That one word can be translated with any of those choices. And I want you to see the picture that this one word paints. You see, what this one single word suggests to us is that the Holy Spirit basically is everything that you and I will ever need. Amen. <clears throat> You're warming up. Okay. No, I mean, look at, the, look at this picture. Advocate, comforter, counselor strengthener. He really is. And I know that you know this, but we, I don't think we appreciate it. I don't think we, I don't think we dwell on it enough. I don't think we think about it enough, but he's everything that we will ever need. He really is. And you know, people, <clears throat> they all have their favorite translations of the Bible. I know you do. I, I tend to use the NIV, as I said. Some of you may prefer the King James. Um, I really do like the NIV, except when I started working on this passage. Uh, I got to be honest with you, at first, when I first read that, that he would give us another advocate, I was, I was just ready to forget the whole message. I, I didn't like the word choice. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as a comforter. I do. I like to think of, I need comfort. I need peace. That's who I get it from. I like to think of him as a counselor, as a helper, someone who's going to get me through each waking moment of every day, someone who's going to give me advice and guidance and wisdom, amen, to help me feel peace. 
That's what I need. I don't need an advocate. I did not like that translation. An advocate, really? I I felt like the title was kind of weak. And then I realized that not only do we need to feel his peaceful quality, not only do we need to feel his calming character, but we do need him to be our advocate. We need him in, in, in the very legal sense of that word. We need someone to advocate for us, to stand in the gap, to stand before the judge. For example, when the accuser of the brethren comes against us, And he tries to condemn us for our unrighteousness. We need an advocate who's going to remind the devil that we are redeemed. You may not even think to do it. That advocate is going to remind Satan that we've been bought with a price. We are forever set free from the curse of sin and death. And believe it or not, we have been sealed in the Holy Spirit. That's what the word says. We've been sealed with a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. And so the Holy Spirit does advocate for us. Amen? Can you see how important it is that, we, that, that, that this one word choice that Jesus made in the Gospels is absolutely perfect? By calling the Holy Spirit the paraclete, he's perfectly described as everything that we need. He's everything to everyone. He's right there at all times, helping us, comforting us, counseling us, advocating for us. And get this, two chapters forward in John chapter 16, we find out that he's also there to guide us to lead us, to help us make decisions in life. I was going to title this message, How to Never Make Another Mistake in Your Life. I'm serious. If you will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you'll never miss the mark. You'll never fail. You'll never make a mistake. Every time that we do make a mistake, every time we sin, every time we fail, why? It's because we've done it our own way. Let's take a look at this passage, John 16, verse 12. John 16, verse 12. I have much more to say to you, Jesus says, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Again, the Holy Spirit is incredible. And he's a gift of the Father, sent to us by Jesus. And that's another one of his names, by the way. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, the Holy Spirit is called the gift of the Father. The gift of the Father, but sent by Jesus. And let me take you back to John 14, 16 for a moment, with that in mind. Jesus said in verse 16, John 14, 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate. You know, not my favorite word. He'll give you another paraclete. Because that's the word that's actually used there. It's parakletos. He'll give you another paraclete to help you and be with you forever. And I want to explain to you the context of these two, two chapters. Chapter 14 and chapter 16. Jesus at this moment in time. This is a prolonged discourse. He's telling his disciples that his time on earth is limited. He said, I've got much to share with you, but you can't bear it. And I don't know if that meant they emotionally can't handle it. Or maybe they can't intellectually handle it, or maybe they can't spiritually grasp it. But he is preparing them. He, he, throughout his earthly ministry, he prepared his disciples slowly and gradually to accept the idea that he's not going to be around forever, that he's going to die on a cross. And I mean, they're rebuking him for this. Oh no, you're not going to die. We'll never let it happen. And I'm sure that what he's telling them is way over their heads at this point. That's why he says, you you can't bear what I'm going to tell you. I I think what he meant is you really won't be able to understand what I'm trying to tell you. But I want you to remember it. Because after it's all done, you're going to think back at it. And we know they did, right, on the road to Emmaus. It's beyond their comprehension that he's going to allow himself to be crucified. That he's going to rise from the dead. That he's going to ascend into heaven. But it's beyond their comprehension. But you know, the truth is, Jesus came into our world... And he lived just about 30 years before he gave his life on a Roman cross for the sake of saving the lost. That's what his purpose was. His purpose was was distinctly to die for the sins of mankind. And then to be raised to life, to be resurrected so that anyone who would believe in him would live forever. That was his purpose. And so Jesus is wanting to prepare his disciples for this inevitable event. So he tells them that he's going to go away. He says this in John 16, verse 7. Here's what he said. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. 
It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the paraclete, the advocate, the paraclete will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so there are two things that we need to know. First, when Jesus says, I will send another paraclete, the word that he uses for another in this verse is a Greek word, alos, A-L-L-O-S. That's the best transliteration, alos. There are two words in the Greek word that can mean other or another. One word is heteros, and the one that's used here is alos. Heteros means another of a different kind. Another of a different kind. That's heteros. And alos is another of the same kind, the exact same kind. And Jesus specifically tells him that he's sending a replacement. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send a replacement just like me. I'm going to send another comforter of the very same kind as himself, he says. And then secondly, he tells him that he'll be with them forever. No limits. No limits. Now, I know that every one of us would love to be able to see Jesus in the flesh. Wouldn't it be so cool if every time we got together, I mean, even to say cool, I just think that kind of minimizes it. Can you imagine every Sunday morning if we got together, imagine if Jesus would be right here teaching us. I mean, like next week, hey guys, next week Jesus is going to be here preaching, sharing the word with us. I mean, you know, you would grab 20 of your closest friends, if not 100 of your closest friends, if you have any friends, and you would make sure they were here, wouldn't you? If Jesus was going to be here, I mean, you know, long beard, long flowing robe, whole th- oh my God, we'd be so excited, wouldn't it? That would be so cool. We would be mesmerized. We'd be awestruck to see him in person, in the flesh. You know, I mean, he, we would never want to leave. We would never want to be out of his presence. The problem with that is it couldn't ever happen. It didn't happen in the first century. It can't happen now. Very simply because Jesus back then could not be in every place at all times. Why? He was limited by a physical body. Amen? He was, he, was with his, he was with the crowds. He was with the few women. He was with his disciples. He could not be everywhere. He couldn't be, he couldn't be in Capernaum and Jerusalem at the same time. He was limited by a physical body for a few years. But because he has sent the paraclete, another paraclete, another comforter of the very same kind, he is here by his spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus is right here every time we gather together. Yeah, you can't see him because he's not limited by a physical body. And you know what? Even when we're not gathered together, he's still always with us and in us, isn't he? Always. Look at the end of John 14. This is um, verse 17. John 14, 17. Jesus said, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now this is Jesus right there physically telling his disciples. He says, you know him, you know the spirit of Christ, you know the Holy Spirit, you know the paraclete, because he lives with you, listen to that, with you and will be in you. You see what he's saying? You know him. Again, he lives with you. Jesus was right there. The spirit of Jesus lived with his disciples as Jesus was with his disciples because he was right there physically. But someday, he, the spirit of Jesus, would not just be with them, he would be inside of them. And we know that that happened on the day of Pentecost when the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Father, arrived and filled those who had been waiting in the upper room. And today we know that it truly was good for Jesus to go away and to send another paraclete. You see, what, here's what I really want you to take away from today's message. Jesus is always with us during the weekdays as well as when we gather here on Sunday for worship. Jesus is always with us. His spirit is always with us. He's not limited He's not here in bodily form. And I know we would really love to see that. We would just love to see that. It'd be so real. 
but he's still here with us. The spirit of Jesus is not just with us, but he can be inside of us. And I want you to understand that what we have today at this moment is better than when he walked on this earth. Now, again, in our flesh, I know we don't feel that all the time. We still, we still would love to see the physical presence of Jesus. But I'm telling you, Jesus said, it is good that I go away. It's better that I go away. Because the Holy Spirit is going to do so much more for you than I can. Jesus had one purpose, to live among men, to die for men's sin, and for the power of God to raise him from the dead. He had one purpose, to be that perfect blemish-free sacrifice for a man's sins. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to take his place. Again, sometimes, folks, I think we, we forget this. We don't appreciate the Holy Spirit. In fact, um, I thought about reviving it again in one of our life groups. There's a series by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. Forgotten God. And in that series, he talks about the Holy Spirit. We forget about the Holy Spirit because we don't see him. And didn't, what did Jesus say? He said the world doesn't know him. They can't know him. They don't see him. Well, we don't see him, and yet we know him. And I like the way that Oral Roberts used to teach this about the Holy Spirit. This always this stuck with me. I didn't have to look this up anywhere at all. But he regularly reminded us students that the Holy Spirit, and this is how he labeled the Holy Spirit, is the unlimited, invisible Christ. He's the unlimited, invisible Christ. Again, Jesus was limited in his earthly ministry. That's why we have the Holy Spirit today. That was part of God's plan. That Jesus would come here, that he'd fulfill his purpose, and then he would send the Holy Spirit, which he did on the day of Pentecost, to be with us from then on in every place and at all times. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Spirit of Jesus. And then finally this morning, I want to draw your attention to verse 18 of chapter 14. It just, it just goes right along with this. It almost doesn't even need to be said. But Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. We need to remember that. Again, sometimes we take the Holy Spirit for granted. I think sometimes we get so used to his presence that we don't even remember that he's around. But he's not with you. He's not with you when you're thinking about him and then disappears and takes off somewhere when you stop thinking about him. Are you aware of that? He's with you at all times. He's always right here. He's never somewhere else. Or actually, he is somewhere else, but he's always here at the same time. He's everywhere else. He's everywhere. He's everywhere at all times. Hours ago, he was meeting with Christians in a church service on an, in another part of our planet. Knowing full well we'd be here by 10 o'clock, most of us. He's not limited in time or location or ability or attention. He's right inside of you. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's ready to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to give you counsel. To help you in whatever way you might need help. We never have to feel alone. We never have to feel that we're orphans. And all that we have to do is to acknowledge him. And when needed, ask him for help. Because the word paraclete means he's a helper. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's an advocate. He's a strengthener. All we have to do is acknowledge him and when needed, ask him for help. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you did fulfill your purpose. Even in the garden, you prayed, Father, if, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But Jesus, then you, you spoke to the Father and you said, Father, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. Your will be done. And Lord Jesus, you suffered ridicule and torture, ultimately death. You were, you were just so brutally treated. A horrible, innocent death, put to death as an innocent. You did nothing wrong. There was no unrighteousness in you. You were perfect. You were sinless. And yet you took our sins on that cross.
when you were crucified. We thank you, Jesus, for filling your purpose. And Father God, I thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to replace Jesus, the Messiah. Not, not to pay for sin, but to lead us as your followers. To be an advocate for us, to comfort us, to guide us, to lead us, to, to give us a, a lasting peace. Not as this world gives, but a real peace. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit today. And Lord, I pray that every one of us would appreciate this incredible gift that we have the Spirit of Jesus Christ living in us as born-again believers, as Christians. That that He's not just with us. He's not outside of us, just with us or around us. But that your Holy Spirit is actually inside of us. And Lord, we, I pray, God, that we really would appreciate that. And folks, this morning, as we are praying right now in a spirit of prayer, let me, let me just suggest to you, if you have a need, in a moment, just come to this altar and ask him. That's his job. Jesus' job was to die for our sins. The Holy Spirit's job is to help us. Do you have something coming up in your life or maybe you're going through something right now? Come to this altar. In just a moment, just come to this altar and ask him. Take some time. Ask him for the comfort you need. Ask him for the guidance you need or the wisdom or whatever whatever it is that you might need this morning. And just ask him. Because his Holy Spirit is there and his job, his purpose is to help us. That's his purpose, to help us. We're not orphans. We're not meant to go this alone. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man in their own way of thinking. It looks like the right way, but in the end, it leads to destruction. If we ask him for guidance, he will never throw us askew. We'll never, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never take the wrong path. We'll make fewer mistakes if we consult him on all the different things that we need to consult him with. He is the spirit of truth. And there's a lot of deception in this world we live in. He is the spirit of truth. Let's stand together. And I want to open this altar this morning. I want to just invite you. If there's some need in your life, I don't care. Just I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not asking anybody to do that. I just, I just want you to seek him. Because the Holy Spirit's name is Parakletos. He is a paraclete. He is a helper. He is a comforter. Come now. Let's not waste time this morning. Let's just do it. Is there a decision you've got to make? then let's just seek him right now. Let's take, take advantage of this opportunity instead of taking him for granted. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Is there someone you know that needs a healing touch? He is the one who will do it. Along with the arrival of the Holy Spirit came miracles and gifts and, and, and all kinds of different gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are the Spirit of Christ, that you are the invisible but unlimited Christ. And we need you. We have need in our lives. We have, we have need in our lives. We, we need to be guided in our... You care about everything in our lives, even our career paths, our dating relationships. Lord, you care, you care about what major we might sign up for in college, what trade we may go into. Lord, you care about the house we're looking for. Lord, you, you care about all these things, Lord. Relationship issues. Lord, maybe some, maybe some really challenging times at work or financially. Maybe with a family member. There might be an addiction. Lord, you know, you know what every need is represented in this room this morning. But Lord, we, we, we're asking right now for your help. We're asking for the spirit of Jesus, the Paracletos, to help us. Lord, to calm us, Lord. God, to give us a real comfort. Lord, to give us a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we ask for your peace. 
Jesus, even as you said in John 14, not as this world gives, not a peace that this world gives, not a peace that's circumstantial, not a peace that we think is going to arrive because we're in a different venue or a different situation, but Lord, a peace that transcends understanding, human understanding. Lord, I thank you that you are an advocate. Lord, I know that there are people here, right now here today, Lord, they've been, they've been a, the, the accuser of the brethren has been pounding on them and just beating them up, making them feel worthless. And Jesus, you did not come to condemn this world. You came to save this world. And your spirit is not going to condemn us either. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the protection. Being aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives is a protection against the enemy that we have great authority because of what you've done, Jesus, and we have authority because your Holy Spirit is inside of us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And so I tear down those strongholds. I come against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, that you have no authority over anyone here today. No authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, for your counselor. Jesus, you asked the Father and he sent the counselor. He sent a strengthener, someone who would guide us and lead us into all truth. Lord, we don't have to live lies. We don't have to believe lies. We don't have to allow ourselves to be misled by lies because you've given us the spirit of truth. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you that we can come to you. Holy Spirit, you're always with us, but we can just talk to you like a good friend. The most literal translation for Parakletos is one called alongside to help. One who's right in us and next to us at all times. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you, God, for the soothing anointing of your spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You did not leave us here as orphans. You didn't just leave your disciples there. You sent that other comforter, another one just like you. Hallelujah, Lord. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're right here. You're right here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Continue to rely on him. I mean, folks, that's... This is really what Jesus said. We need the paraclete. We need this comforter in our lives. If you want to continue living the hard way, just keep doing it your own way. But we surrender ourselves to him and say, take me for the ride. Take me, Lord. You drive. He'll lead us. He will lead us. And there's so many passages in Scripture that just talk about leading. He will lead us into all truth. Father God, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for your word, and I thank you for this moment of prayer. Just thinking about that advocate, thinking about this one who is always inside of us as Christians. Lord, may we never take your presence for granted. We give you all praise, Lord God. We give you praise. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give you praise. Jesus' name. And Father, now I pray your blessing on your people, Lord, as we leave this place. Continue, Lord. I pray you really would, Lord, continue to to speak to us at unexpected moments about what we've heard today. And I pray your blessing again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.